My children will inherit that movie. Yes, and my children will sell it. I'm on cold medicine and whiskey. Let's do this. Festering in my own feces over here. That is the Chuck Norrisy of character names ever. I'm enough of your man nipples. I'm good. It's because I was stretching. I broke it with my muscles. Well, bye. I'm just going to hide out in my little man closet here and watch movies, and that's what I did. Played video games. The VHS Cove. That's right, baby. <laughs> this big bitch of a player that I picked up is I mean, That so thing is awesome. so big, it's like it, it feels like it should fit like half of your room. It's like a, it's like a server. <laughs> it, it's more the weight, like, because it, <laughs> it's so heavy. And the, uh, just when I, <laughs> I wonder how far this cord reaches so that I can let you hear what it sounds like. <laughs> when, when the, it's a top loader, so the noise that it makes when the top loader pops up and when I shut it down. Oh, get fucking bent. Update. No. Snooze. Go away. You will not update during the podcast. Or it will. Because you clicked no. I'm going to choose pick a time. Can I choose pick a time? No, go away. And it still works. Still works great. Great. Uh, Some of the tapes are shit, which is unfortunate. There's a couple of movies that I was really looking forward to watching and then I popped in. And it's just, I, even I have my limits when it's jittery, like every two seconds, or and it, I can't get it to track right. That's no good. I don't, I don't care if there's a, a, the static in the dust or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. The graininess, but I can't have that where it's constantly fidgeting. So there are a couple of movies that I've been disappointed that I've bought, and I'm just like, ah, you're just gonna go on the shelf, and you'll be pretty to look at, and that's yeah. gonna be it. Yeah. And who knows, you might find a replacement if you really want the movie. Yep, I did with Firewalker. And, um, yeah, so... Eh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, Arachnophobia was one that didn't work. Oh, like, really? Son of a bitch, I really wanted to watch that again. It's been a long time. But, oh well. I've been more impressed with the amount that have worked. Every time that I get one that doesn't, which I've only had like maybe two or three... Uh, then the next one I pop in, I'm like, oh, this probably won't work either. And it's like, nope, works fine. And doesn't look, you know, wow. pretty good for VHS. Yeah, well, hey, I stopped in at uh, the local Goodwill here in Canton and, uh, no such luck. There was nothing, nothing. That one, uh, not, not the one on Cleveland Ave, just south of you. No, it was the, it was actually the one right by Toys R Us. Oh, that one with the bins? Yes. Oh, it's... That place was a... Shithole. That was the first time I ever went there was about a week before you did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this place is going to be big. I'll bet I can find something in here. No, no. I didn't, I didn't even want to touch everything. Anything. Yeah. It looked all filthy. I, uh, I, I think I was in that store for one minute. Like, I walked in. I knew where the electronic stuff was. I walked back there, looked, nothing, and immediately, as fast as I could, I'm like, I got to get out of here because I'm, I'm feeling really bad about my life right now. I need... <laughs> Oh, uh, it was repulsive in there. I'm, I'm pretty sure half the people in there were homeless people, and one person was wearing a medical mask, and I was like, ah, oh, just get me out of here. Yeah, that was not pleasant. Not that you know, Goodwill's a great, a great store. It's just that 
particular one, uh, no thanks. Same with the one on Cleveland Ave close to you there. Uh, yeah. That one's garbage. Oh, Absolute, really? It's just closed. There might, they might have one little spinner rack of movies. There's nothing in there. Okay. But there are a couple that I've, I, I saw a guy posted a picture in one of the VHS groups today. Uh, oh, I'm out of Goodwill and I found some scores and I, the sign said eight for a dollar. And there were wow. racks upon racks upon racks of VHS there. And I could see some of the titles and it was like good shit. It was, and horror and stuff that I've been dying to get my hands on. I just, it's hard to find around here when you're. <sighs> Looking in Amish country for horror movies, it's, it's not not so much. I get a lot of Veggie Tales and Bible adventures. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No uh, G-rated classics like Ben Hur. Yep. I got. Uh, I did get a couple of Disney movies. I don't know if I talked about it on the show or if I told you, but I got like um, eh, bed knobs and broomsticks. Okay. Clamshell. I thought that was pretty cool. Pete's Dragon. Pinocchio, Swiss Family Robinson, and I got both Rescuers movies, finally. Cool. So I'm just, of the Disney ones, I'm just getting ones that are personal favorites, because those are not rare. You can get them anywhere. Yeah. Um, Some of the Goodwills I walk into won't have any movies except for those Disney clamshell, just all lined up in a row. Yeah, it's almost like those, like, you know Disney, they put their movies back in the vault, and they've done that since VHS. And all of the formats, but it's like, so at, at one point they are rare and collectible, but there's so many out there, especially like with yeah, like the old VHS ones. There, you can always count on seeing the old Disney clamshells at yeah, these places. It's funny if you, it's funny if you go on eBay, there are people that are trying to sell them for thousands of dollars. What? Yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. They'll have collections of them that are thousands of, they'll have individual ones that'll say super rare, you know. $2,500 for a Pinocchio. I'm like, I bought this for 50 cents today, dude. Give me a break. It's weird. I mean, type in any of the classics, like, say, Pinocchio, and you will get 50 listings, and it'll be a dollar, a dollar, $2,500, $10,000, $450. It's, okay, well, I must be, somebody must be getting suckered by it, or they wouldn't have these That's scams. right. Oh, we, we, welcome to the rabbit trail. Do you yep. want to go back and start the show? Maybe I guess. Do, yeah, uh, why the, not? <laughs> trying to do it the normal way we usually do. Uh, how's it going, sir? Oh, it's going well. Uh, it's last week was uh, was stressful, but this week has started out quite good. Today was a good day. They got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff done, and um, just. Uh, after the Oscars, which I'm sure we're going to get into that later, but uh, there's you know there's a lot of good buzz going on right now with just the Oscars and everything, so it's a good thing. Cool. Yeah, I just I just read that this was one of the lowest viewed Oscars ever, and I'm like, really? That surprises me because I thought it was pretty stacked. Yeah, I I thought I heard 26 million viewers was the number I heard. Um, is that is that low? I <laughs> uh, probably maybe not even accurate. I don't know. Says here, Oscar ratings down. I all time low in early estimates. Not whatever. Yeah, it's, it's the interweb. Whatever. Yeah. Even if it was all time low, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So what? It's a all time high of people voting for Trump. So it's going to be people that hate Hollywood. I I don't know what to tell you. Sir. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which surprisingly, I I. I didn't find a way to watch it. I I watched uh, I watched a full moon movie last night, but I literally I, I couldn't watch it last night. So I was following it though online. I tried, but my app was blocked from showing it. I thought I 
Apparently, uh, I don't know, apparently with the app that I use, which is a legal app, it just, it in, uh, is interpreted by ABC as being overseas and therefore it is blocked or something. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I tried and tried and tried, but I couldn't. But yeah, I did the same thing. I just followed it on Twitter and whatnot. Anyway. Yeah. So did you, did you like the, well, we're, now, we're, let's, hold off. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting well, into We'll get to, we'll get to Oscars. Okay, yeah. let's go to the roulette. Dive into the ocean of cinema and find those gems in the rough, as I'm sure we did last week, because Whee! we both picked safe picks, so I'm sure we're good. Um, it was Mute, up against Bugs, and you're up first. Oh, happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, <laughs> Bugs, a documentary about two guys that talk about eating bugs and how it's going to save the world, and... I saw this all before when it was called the... Uh, Oh, what's the show called with the bald guy on the food channel or on the Discovery? Andrew Zimmerman? Uh, yeah, him. Whatever his show was called, except better. Every single episode of his was better than this. It, they made they try to make it into a we are on a mission to do this to to succeed in this. And the one guy, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what the guy's name is, but the one guy, he I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. And halfway through, he just, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Why? I, stressed out, I guess, or something or whatever. And then they go to another country. And then the, this, the other guy, uh, his, some head chef or whatever, he gets him to go to another country. And now we're going to try more bug food and whatever. And like it was, some of it was a bit interesting, but I'm, again, I've seen this all before on bizarre foods. It's like, oh, grubs, more grubs. That's fantastic. Oh, you're I don't know, eat, eating dung beetles or whatever the hell they, I don't know. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it would have been fine for a short film. It would have been fine. But at an hour and 13 minutes, it was stretching it, especially when, like, I just want to see you guys eat bugs. I don't care about the, we're going to this place and this place and trying to raise awareness. And when I, I get that, I get why you're doing that. But after a while, I'm like, it feels like, I don't know. It felt, I don't want to say fake because I'm sure it was not fake, but it felt fake to me. Like it just felt like we are making a documentary movie here. Yeah. So, eh, I mean, it, it's a documentary. So it's by no means is it going to be like an awful shot on video horror movie that sucks. It's barely watchable, but. Harmless hour and thirteen minutes. But I didn't like that main guy. Like when he left, I'm like, oh, boohoo! Bye. <laughs> Whatever you're gonna do now. Now the other guy that's not near as obnoxious or not obnoxious. It just he just annoyed me. Yeah. Now he's gonna lead the charge for things. Yeah. Good. Good luck in your crusade to get people to eat bugs. I guess. Yeah. I mean, and hey, for, I'm adventurous, and most of the stuff that they ate, I would probably try a lot of that stuff. Um, but it's, again, I've seen this all before and way grosser on Bizarre Foods. Way yeah. grosser. Uh, like, I was ooh, watching that today, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's a great show. Oh, we found honey from non-stinging wasps. I'm like, okay. And I don't know, for some reason, like when they, like they, they were digging through mud and they found these non-stinging wasps with all of this delicious honey, whatever. And they were like, they're destroying this entire hive and just like, reaching in with their fingers and just licking their fingers with all this honey. And I'm like, I think you're, I don't know. It just, I'm like, really? That's kind of odd because you're trying to save the planet with edible food stuff. And you're not, like, not very scientific. No. And you're, you just destroyed this big 
area of wasp honey stuff, and you're reaching in with your bare hands and just sucking it off your fingers. And mmm, <laughs> caviar of honey. <laughs> Whatever. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Right. It just it it was a documentary. I got you. Okay. Skip bugs and watch bizarre foods instead. Uh, a hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Uh, over on my side, I had Mute, a directed by Duncan Jones, 126 minutes. When his girlfriend vanishes, a mute Amish man ventures into a near-future <laughs> Berlin's semi underworld where his actions speak louder than words. I added in Amish in there. That The Amish part was not in the description, and I added it in. Um, because the man is, in fact, Amish. I'm not making a joke. He It is an Amish man. What? Yeah, I'm, I haven't been joking about that. When I've been saying that to you, I'm dead serious. Like an, uh, like Holmes County Amish, like... Duncan Jones, for those who don't know, is the son of David Bowie, and he went to film school in Worcester, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. And he's, this is the first project that he started, or one of the first projects he worked on for a feature film. He was trying to get it made, but he had to start on a lower budget, so he made Moon first. He's been trying to get this made for 16 years. And they, in an interview with Mark Maron, he asked him, so is that where the Amish thing came from with Mute? And he said, yep, that came directly from Worcester, Ohio. Wow. And as somebody who has, which I was very interested to see. And as usual, with um, just about any time that there's an Amish person in a movie, it is a, <laughs> again, we grew up here. So we have a distinct understanding of the culture and the life of what it really is. As with any time that Amish are portrayed in movies, it is a very outsider perspective of it. Yes. It's always wrong. Way wrong in some capacity. Witness might be the closest thing you got to actual Amish people in a movie. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's Amish in a very loose, futuristic sense. Uh, he gets hit by a boat... When he's a kid, he's out swimming in a pond, he gets hit by a boat, and the rotor messes up his throat, and his mom is Mennonite Amish and doesn't want to let doctors fix it, so he just is going to remain mute. It's in the hands of God, so he's mute. And, uh, okay, I've seen, you know, we've seen that kind of stuff before. All right, I can buy that. But then we get, you know, it's in the future. It's like Blade Runner future. And this is a spiritual sequel to Moon, so every time there's a TV in the background... It's a bunch of Sam Rockwells arguing in court about who's the real one from Moon. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's like, hey, Moon, we're in the same world. And it's like, that's great and all. But the only thing that really makes him Amish here is that he does woodworking with hand tools. And he dresses kind of Amishy. That's about it. I mean, he's got this bartender girlfriend and he's banging her out on the side i mean i mean it's like it's not a lot of real amish in this at all like maybe I said, he's going I, through rumspringer right now it's just so oh, he's, wild he OTP. looks like he's pushing 40 i don't think that <laughs> wow <laughs> uh, anyway. you are not selling me on this movie at all oh, i haven't even got to tell you about whether it's good or bad or anything oh, it's, i'm very uninterested but let's go <laughs> i what what is this movie this movie is is a it's a drama with a smidge of thriller and kind of a mystery detective thing. His girlfriend goes missing and he goes on the hunt for the bad guys to try and find who kidnapped his girlfriend or why she's missing or what. And, you know, I really want 
to like this movie hard. I really want to like this movie. I feel like I should like this movie. But the more I thought about it, I was like, eh, it's pretty long. And it just kind of, he wanders around and beats up some people. And Ant-Man is in there being a scumbag. And this other guy is an even bigger scumbag that he works with. And they're kind of, it's like, why are we dealing with them now? And then we're over here dealing with this other guy again. And it just kind of bounces around. It's okay. I mean, I will give it, for a sci-fi guy, I'm giving it like... A five. This is not a Eugene movie. No, you, Eugene would not like this movie. I don't think it's okay. No, not so much. I don't know. I I don't know what to think about this movie. Tell you the truth, I, I you know what? I'm I didn't like it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. I, I this was not what I expected at all, and so that's why maybe someday I'll watch it again, and maybe I'll look at it with different eyes. But for this viewing, it was too long. There were a lot of assholes in this movie and just wandered around and then it ends on a downer and then it tries to end on an even bigger downer. And you're like, what am I, wait, what am I doing? What am I, what, like with these mysteries, this, this, this kind of thing, there should be some justice. And it just didn't feel like there was a lot of justice. And by the end it was like, oh, well, kind of depressed now. I guess I'll, I guess I'll watch something, watch VHS because that'll make me feel happy. I, it looked great. It looked like a Blade Runner type movie. So hmm. why this weird meandering story? I don't know. All right, enough about mute. Yeah, another dud on the roulette, the doubleheader dud roulette. Yeah, it was. I was quite disappointed. Well, next week though. Oh, uh, next week we're sure to go up from here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take us there. Okay, first up is the Fifth Estate. This is with uh, Sherlock Holmes. Benedict Cumberbatch, for those who don't know. Uh, to some, he's an internet hero. To others, a security threat. One thing's for sure, he's made a powerful... He's made the powerful very nervous. I think that this got a theatrical release. Uh, I think. Uh, I think but, it did, too. Uh, anyway, that's that's one now. It's a little over two hours, so it's a bit long. But fear not, I've got some other good stuff. Uh, the Rift, The Dark Side of the Moon... They were sent to inspect a satellite crash site. What they found was an impossible and terrifying surprise. Uh, tread, tread carefully on that one. And then here is the very, very safe pick, Wind River, which I believe was in, that was on, uh, Stephen, our guest, uh, host last week. That was one of his top of the year. It stars Jeremy Renner. Neither of them have ever investigated a murder, now it's their job in a place where murders are rarely solved. But uh, that looks really good. I really wanted to see that in the theaters. Actually, I tried to get that in our theater, but that was the Weinstein Company and things were not so hot when that was released, and so, yeah, there you go. It's on Netflix now. I was surprised how quickly that came on to Netflix. Yeah, that was quick. Uh, okay, coming your way. I'm throwing Veronica back on there because uh, Missy gave it a good review, one of our listeners. And uh, somebody else I trust on another website, a friend, gave it a good review, too. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw that back up there. In 1991 Madrid, after holding a seance at school, a young teen girl minding her younger siblings at home suspects an evil force has entered their apartment. Uh, next up, Ravenous. This is not the Ravenous that we saw in the theater. This is a different Ravenous. 
as a zombie plague ravages their rural Quebec town. Oh, must be Canadian film. A scrappy band of survivors join forces to flee the infected hordes in this quiet thriller. Mm. Quiet. Uh, okay. Quiet. Yeah. Operative word. And your safe pick of the week on YouTube, The Annihilator's Action Force. Upon his return from Vietnam... That's been up there before. Before them, the Vietnam War wasn't hell. It was practice. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. So, I figure since you went safe last week, you're ready for a roulette pick. Even if it did turn out to be a roulette safe pick last week. Yeah, that was a boner pick last week. Um, This week for me, uh, you know, I think that that Ravenous movie is a Netflix original. So... Uh, I know it's zombies, and you. as soon as you said quiet, you know what that translates into? Low, slow. B- low budget and slow. I'll take that one. Okie dokie. <laughs> Ravenous it is for you. And for me, I will take The Fifth Estate, because I'm fascinated by that story, and I'm trying to watch as many documentaries and movies and whatever as I can about it to, you know, I don't know. It just, it's an, interesting to me, so I'll check out The Fifth Estate, even though it's a little long. Oh boy, I'm going to need a short pick next week, because that's two weeks in a row that I'm going over two hours. So. Yeah, I'm actually surprised you didn't take uh, Wind River. I'm tempted by that, but I'm more curious about the Fifth Estate, and I think Wind River, one of us will get around to watch it. Oh, the definitely. Rift, the Rift did not pass my trailer test. Ah! But, oh, I, I was going to throw it to you, like, last week, and I watched the trailer, and I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, but there was another uh, sci-fi movie that was thrown on there. Uh, on, I think it came on Netflix here recently. It was, I don't know, Warrior 3037 or some dumb name that actually I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> maybe that one. I watched half the trailer and turned it off because I was like, good enough special effects. Now you're showing me too much. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Regurgitate that one here soon and I'll probably pick it. Yeah. At your peril. <laughs> yeah. Might, that might be more a me pick than a you pick because it was so sci- sci-fi. Really. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I think that I am going Wait, did we do this already? Yes, we did. You already picked Ravenous. <laughs> oh, but you can pick Ravenous again if you'd like to, or would you like to change your mind? Uh, would you, you know like what? to phone let's, a friend? Let's, let's go with Ravenous this week. Oh, here okay. we go. It's 7.35 and slurry Pumpkinhead. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. I'm on cold medicine and whiskey. Let's do this. Oh, wow. And I'm, yeah, heavy on next the wine. Next week, it, yeah. it'll be, uh, I, I almost said mute up against bugs, so that's where we're at. Uh, next week, it'll be Fifth Estate up against Ravenous. Oh, wow. And let's get on to our Oscar follow-up talk. Uh, What was your takeaway last night? What do you think? Uh, Winners? Losers? Surprises? What did you think? You know, there was... To me, there was not many surprises. The uh, best director, best film. I'm like, yep, that's kind of what I was expecting. Honestly, the, the biggest... Some of the biggest surprises for me came from the short films because I watched those and all of the ones that were picked were ones that I would have never, ever thought would have won. Especially my, my favorite of the short films, the, uh, the quiet girl, I think was what it was called. That was my favorite short film of all of them. That was fantastic. But I'm like, it doesn't feel like it's, like it's, you know, quite proper Oscar winning material, even though it was, I think, the best one. But I'm really glad to see that that one won for best live action short. That was fantastic. And the Kobe Bryant one, uh, which what's cool about that one is the basketball uh, animated short is it's very quick. Like it, that's a short, short film. And um, it's very like, I think it's like pencil drawn. 
So it's not like high-end CGI animation from Pixar, but the story, it's very emotional for such a short running time. It's basically just about a, you see a boy quickly growing up to love basketball and why he loves basketball. And it's almost just like, like the basketball, basketball itself is a parent and it gets older. And as he gets older, it was, it was really, really good. I'm surprised that they picked that one, but that was, yeah, I, I can kind of see why it's atypical to pick that one, I guess, but okay. That was one of the things I got up this morning and, and you know, hopped on the internet. The first thing I saw was a picture of Kobe Bryant with an Oscar. I was like, wait, what? What's going yeah. on here? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I looked it up and I was like, my first instant reaction to that was, oh, that's really cool that he won an Oscar. And it was his poem and somebody animated it or whatever. Yeah, it is really good. It Genuinely good. I still think that that French one with the, uh, the pool party or something like that with the frogs, that was at least from a technical aspect, that was by far in the animated category. That was the best one. Uh, but it was all, every single winner in the, uh, the short films surprised me. Uh, and on the, uh, foreign film, that was another one that I was, I was really hoping that, uh, Fantastic Woman would take it and they, it did. So I think that's great. We're going to get that here in another week and a half and really looking forward to that one. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I haven't seen so many of these movies like Gary Oldman's win. It seems like he deserves that, but the movie itself didn't really deserve a whole lot of anything else. Um, I, don't, I thought a lot of the films, any of them, was flip a coin. You know what I mean? I, I who, who knows? I know Shape of Water was taking a lot at uh, the Golden Globes and everything, but it was, I, I was still kind of surprised that it got Best Picture, but oh well, it's fine. Just goes to show you that, uh, was Get Out up for Best Picture? Get Out was, yes, it was. Okay. Just goes to show you that a, a black man directing a film still can't even beat out a fish fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Yep. I, I, I haven't seen Shape of Water, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but yeah. still. I, I guarantee you, Get Out left a hell of a lot bigger impression on people than the fish movie. Probably. Yeah. No, and, uh... Supporting actor or Sam Rockwell. I thought that was cool that he got an Oscar. I, I've always liked Sam Rockwell. So I, I thought that was cool. Yep. Again, I haven't seen the movie itself. Uh, oh, I, I, of all of the movies that were nominated, I think I saw three or four. <laughs> and they were just the, it was Wonder Woman, Logan, and uh, Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah, three or four. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was glad that Blade Runner got a two. Yeah, that it was, was cool. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I was really glad that, um, Baby Driver got none. That made me, me really too. happy. That too. was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> yep. I uh, completely agree. I, well, we're not going to get into that again, but meh on that movie. Yeah. We don't need to be hating on it. I know. It just wasn't for me. That's not my, not my thing. But, uh, the, uh, I, does it surprise you that Coco won best uh, animated feature? No. And I actually was a little annoyed with myself that I didn't, uh, include that in the Oscar contest because I thought that was such a shoe in. And then, uh, several people, picked that one and I was like well crap it's so obvious I hope everybody didn't pick that for tiebreaker no oh, yeah uh, luckily we didn't have any uh, ties so we were good to go yeah so yeah all in all I think the list was really good this year for the Oscars like all of the best picture nominations for the most part although again I haven't seen them all I thought I thought that there was none on there that I'm like come on give me a break like that just feels oh it's Oscar because this movie's on there like I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. So. Um, okay, real quick, let's do the Oscar contest. Uh, the winners, I've got... 
Uh, top three here. Messi got four points. She had three in the regular, plus the one bonus, which was Coco, I think she picked, which I picked two. I actually did all of them, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Uh, next was Steven with seven points. He had six plus one. That's the same score that I had. I had seven. But our winner is, drumroll, Brian Bedard. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Brian Bedard with nine points. That dude killed it. He only missed two. Excellent. So, Brian, send me your address. Uh, I have your email. Maybe I'll just email him. Whatever. Send me your address and uh, I'll, I'll hook you up with something. You feel good about winning $100 there? I mean, I I hope he's happy. Wow. Wow. Eugene donating to the pot. Look at that. I don't even need to add anything to it. (laughs) Don't say shit like that. It's not going to be $100. I promise you. It's not even probably going to be worth anything. Just It's probably the kind of thing you'll open and laugh. Or you go, oh, thank you for sending me your junk, fucker. (laughs) Monopoly money? Oh, that's just cruel. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Or maybe the Uh, board game Monopoly. Uh, no. a, a, a Star Wars themed one. Oh, there Mo- you go. Movie related. Okay, now we're yeah. getting somewhere. Yeah. One from Goodwill, Missing Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> missing Pieces. <laughs> oh. Okay, lastly, wrapping up the Oscar stuff, or at least for me, the biggest shocker for me. Do you want to hear the list of names that they forgot from in, in memory of that died? Sure. Because I thought that was rather shocking. Toby Hooper. What? Got left off the list. Wow, that's that does surprise me. Adam West. As does all of these are going to surprise me. John Mahoney, Powers Booth, Michael Nyquist. Do you remember him? Mm. Girl with the dragon tattoo, the original ones. Oh, I know. Yep. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Powers Booth, Toby Hooper, Adam West. I was like, come on, guys. There was also a, a couple of female, a couple of women that they forgot too. But I didn't recognize who they were. What about, uh, I know, I mean, Tom Petty is not really an actor. Did they mention Tom Petty? I don't think so. I mean, I know that's music, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, he's done some acting. Yeah. it's Wow. He was in The Postman. I remember that. <laughs> he was? Yeah. I still have not seen that movie. Oh, it's a pretty good movie, as I recall from how many years ago. And I'll pick it up on VHS, VHS. sometime here and let yep. you know. <laughs> that's worth a VHS. Hmm. That's pretty much uh, bullshit, though. Way to fuck that up again, pricks. How do they forget people every yeah, how, year? Yeah, just look. Like, do a search on the internet. Stars <laughs> who died this year, or stars right. who died last year. It's it's on there. You, you Yeah. Or do you think that they just, well, we only have room for so many. Surely that can't be the case, because there's no way they'd leave Toby Hooper off there. I know. it's that's He's an iconic director. Yeah. Um, even Powers Booth. I mean, well, bye. <laughs> I love him. And oh, I still too. will always associate him with that Rapid Fire movie. Oh, really? With Brandon Lee. Yep. Because that was the first VHS I picked up where I'm like, this guy's name is Powers? For real? Alright, that's pretty sweet. Let's see what he can do. And it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome wow. movie. Now, what did you think about the songs? Anything? Songs? Or, well, the best, what? best songs of the, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, it was interesting that the guy that won for Frozen last year won for Coco this year, and he is the only person that's gotten, oh, what was it? There's four different award ceremonies, and he's won all four twice in a row, I think. Mm. Like, like Tony and uh, Globes and 
Oscar and whatever. He's the only person that's ever done it, and he's only 43. Nice. So that's yeah. really impressive. Hey, and say what you will about Frozen or the you know those Disney or Pixar the the song movies. They are good, and I mean regardless of what you think of the movies, like the Frozen songs, if I hear them, I can't get them out of my brain. They're they're stuck in there then for days. I believe we should hold them accountable for that because I want to put a spike in my ear every time I hear that "Let It Go" song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Now it's now it's going through the. I kind of want to sing it, but I'm gonna yeah. hold off. Let yeah, it yeah. go. <laughs> That's how I know I'm really hungover. At 3 a.m., I wake up singing "Let It Go." I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Here we go. Rough morning ahead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add for the Oscars? Uh, I don't think so. I'm again. I'm. I'm uh, very happy that Fantastic Woman won. That's that's great. Uh, but yeah, what are you all, most happy about or that that won? Um, honestly, no joke. I mean, from a business aspect, that one because we're getting that movie in a week and a half, and um, it was kind of a gamble. I don't want to say it was a gamble for us, but it was like we have an exclusive to our city on that movie. And I said, you know what? Let's go with that. Let's hopefully it'll win Best Picture. And if not, I'm sure it's still going to be a fantastic movie and fantastic woman. So yeah, that, that's me. And you, what was your, what was your biggest, uh, well, I'm glad that Dunkirk got some attention. I'm glad they won a couple. Um, I'm really glad that Blade Runner did. And it made me want to watch the movie again. That, and I know that a lot of times I was discussing this online with friends today, but a lot of times these Oscars are given over, after you've been nominated a couple of times or for a lifetime of work. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you've been around long enough and you've done enough good things that probably deserved an Oscar. Now we'll give you one. See Gary Oldman this yeah, year. Exactly. But uh, with Roger Deakins and Blade Runner, there is an example of a film that is so well lensed that it completely deserved to win the Oscar. That movie was beyond gorgeous on top of his incredible body of work that, I mean, he's one of the, might be the greatest cinematographer of all time. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's that good. But if ever there was one that, it was worthy of it, Blade Runner 2049. Holy shit, is that a feast for the eyes? Yes, it is. I totally agree. Now, that movie didn't affect me as much as some people. Like, I I thought it was really good, but not fantastic. I liked the original better. I've only watched it one time, uh, but I do acknowledge the fact that it is a beautiful movie and so well shot. Yep. So I agree, and I was disappointed that Star Wars didn't get didn't win the category. Well, they, well, they were were they nominated for more than one? I thought they were nominated for at least two. I think so too, but I was hoping that they'd get at least one. But that's just because I love that movie so much. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to move on to recently watched? Let's do it. Nice, relaxing. We have plenty of time. Pour myself a beverage and hope the internet catches up. Quit being jittery, Skype. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got good internet connection here, so I'm not sure what to tell you. I... It's probably this computer that needs to restart and do updates or some shit. Am I up first? Uh, yes. Okay. Sorry, I was just making some notes. Okay, so, last night, while the Oscars were on, I was, uh, I was busy with other things, like watching a movie called Laser Blast from Full Moon. And this is actually, uh, this was actually been featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, back in the... Which is how I watched it. So you have seen this movie? The Mystery Science Theater version. Okay. Um, I wish that I would have watched that because this movie is 
just awful. Awful. Horrible. Um, some really shitty act. Uh, some, you know what? Yes. Some really shitty actor puts on some handgun laser thing. Um, and starts blowing up cars and whatnot, and then some stop motiony ET looking creatures that are pretty cool because it's stop motion. I dug that. Um, they, uh, they do things. There you go, laser blast from the seventies. <laughs> I needed that two eight, two robots right. and a and a funny dude at the bottom of the screen through this entire thing, and then it would have been like, yeah, pod people all over again. <laughs> But as it was, I'm like, oh, that minute's worth of stop motion is not worth 84 minutes of shit. Yep, and the the Mystery Science Theater episode's quite funny. I can believe it's it. It's a, a little slow in the middle, but the the rest of it was very funny. Yeah. it's When the movie opens up, like, the first couple minutes, I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay, this is low-budget, 70s, cheesy, sci-fi, cool, kind of. And then it settles into the padded runtime of... People driving in cars and arguing. Pool party. There's a pool, pool party, party there. Yep, and fighting. And then the guy has something in his chest. I'm like, kind of like Iron Man, but not cool. Stupid, actually. Uh, and then the gun. It's like, oh, it's it looks like a some tubing and a plastic <laughs> ray gun on the end. Uh, I, I hated him. I really, really hated him for some reason. And he was shirtless way too much. Way too much. I get it. You have something in the middle of your chest, but I'm enough of your man nipples. I'm good. And he gets progressively uglier as the movie yes, goes on. Yes, he does. And then, <laughs> like I said, then we got the long-necked uh, aliens from Attack of the Clones showing up to to. I rescue. just remember them being above a building for some yeah, reason. Yeah. In the sky, and then the end. Yeah. Kind of like, huh, huh, Okay. It was it was something all right. Um, Laser blast. Interestingly enough, Roddy McDowell was in this. Which, dear God, guy, are you like? I hope that you got like ninety five percent of the budget of this movie. Hopefully, went to you. Otherwise, shame on you. Yeah, I, it's seventy eight. I mean, yeah. Eh. But <laughs> oh, and it didn't help that this was kind of along the lines of Firewalker. Is this was PG, and it. There, there, this could have been like grindhousey seventies cool if it would have been just gross and you know, all of that stuff that makes these things enjoyable. But it lacked all of that except for some stop motion. But hey, I've said it before on the show. I own the Blu-ray, <laughs> and on the shelf it will stay. Oh, I'll never sell that. Nope. <laughs> My children will inherit that movie. No, your children will sell it. Yes, and my children will sell it. For, there you go. <laughs> yeah, probably all of 50 cents, which is about what it's worth. <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should I do another one or? Yeah. Okay, let's just get the full. We got plenty of time. Okay, let's it. get the full moon stuff out of the way, shall we? Because I did another, it was another late night drunk purchase. I'm like, oh, full moon's having a sale, $10 a Blu-ray. That's a good deal. <laughs> so, so I bought a bunch of for their... them it is, but they're uh, they they have way too much crap that they put out. Oh, I, yeah. like, I mean, like, I mean, garbage titles. Oh, I know. I, and oh boy, well, just wait. So, Doctor Mordred is next up on the list, and this one here at least is a it's a pretty well, it's a step up from Laser Blast. Um, Jeffrey Combs is in it, so that's plus one uh, hour and fourteen minutes. But of course, 
probably 10 minutes of that is with opening credits and end credits. It's, this is the, the typical full moon way of doing things. Uh, this honestly, it reminded me a little bit of, uh, Doctor Strange. The storyline was a bit of Doctor Strange in there. And I actually have to wonder if, if Albert and Charles Band got the idea for this from that, uh, because it feels kind of Doctor Strangey, but not, not near as good. Yeah. So something about Jeffrey Combs is a wizardy guy that can do cool magic things. And then there's this big. Is it uh, set in the present or sword and sandaly or? No, it's set in the present. Oh. And, uh, what's his name? Brian Thompson, uh, who was in, he was the bad guy in Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's the bad guy, the shirtless bad guy, and he's like a Satan-y type guy f- f- for some reason. So, so he is the guy from Cobra. Yes, yeah. That, <laughs> the, the same, yeah. But they do battle in, I think, New York or wherever city they're, they're in. And then the end has some stop motion dinosaurs, which I'm like, oh, I'm, now I'm in. <laughs> dinosaur skeletons in a big museum and it was it and I will say this like the whole way like when it got to that part I'm like this is cool enough that I almost wish Eric would watch this because that part is legit cool like it's good stop motion dinosaur skeletons fighting each other I'm like that's badass <laughs> but it's obvious that 90% of the budget went to that one scene yeah so just do a search on YouTube I'm sure that the dinosaur fighting stop motion thing in Dr. Mordred so it's Iron Man meets Cobra meets Q the Winged Serpent. Kind of, but not cool on any level of any of, uh, not near as cool as any of those. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But, um, and then let, I just want to get, just so I can get rid Go of, for it. I, I just want to get the full moon stuff done so I can move on to, well, pff, move on to better stuff. Just wait. Um, <laughs> oh, lastly. Move on to the half moon. <laughs> you wish. Um. Oh, Robot Wars. Here we go. Um, this is a sequel to Robot Jocks. Have you ever heard of Robot Jocks? Uh, I've heard of Robot Jocks, but not Robot Wars. No, this is a sequel to that, kind of, I guess. And it's people sitting in rooms that are dressed up like the cockpits of robots. And they're doing battle in the desert, I think. And Barbara Crampton is in it, so there's your... Plus there, one. Plus one, I guess. And then the stop motion robot things in the end battle it out, which I'm like, it felt like all of the, those scenes. I'm like, this kind of feels like you took this from robot jocks because the quality of the Blu-ray is, it's not the same as everything else in the movie. It felt like that's from another movie. And I'm, again, I don't have proof of that. I don't know, but it, this felt really cheap, which it's full moon. So it, it is cheap, but, um, yeah, Pacific Rim from the 90s, early 90s, as done on a $100,000 budget, maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, wow. Yeah. And that was an hour and nine minutes, and once again, it's like, the, the beginning credits go on and on. You'd think that, like, a thousand people worked on this movie. <laughs> it's so funny, because with normal movies, we kind of go into it like, it's out of ten. And then we pick out the faults, and slowly it drops down to what its score is. And with these kinds of movies, they start at zero. Oh, And then yes. it goes, oh, Bra- Barbara Crampton, plus one. Yeah. We're at one. Stop motion <laughs> stuff for 30 seconds or not a minute. I'm like, okay, plus yeah. a half. Um, short <laughs> runtime, plus another half. Nah, even two stars. That's ah, pushing it. <laughs> but um, now, thank God I'm done with 
I'm done with my reviews tonight of Full Moon stuff, but there are still two more on my stack that I bought, you see. Oh, are you looking forward to those? Or? Huh, no, <laughs> no. One is uh, Puppet Master Part 8 or 9, I think. 11 teen? Yeah, and, it's, and this one here, from what I hear, the entire movie is made up of scenes from all the previous ones, and there's like a little oh. wraparound story. <laughs> That's the but, worst. That's uh, but the for worst. me, it's like, uh, I've got all the other ones. I have to have that one. Well, I don't have to, but I, <laughs> I, I, yes, I guess I have to have that one. And then there's mm. another one from, uh, Jess Franco called Barbed Wire Dolls, which I don't believe that's a full moon movie, but they released it. And that's a woman in prison movie from Jess Franco. So it, you just know what to expect there, but full review of that stuff coming up next episode. Back to awesome. you. Alrighty, I'm going to do a real quick doubleheader of some animation, starting with, if I can find it here. No, I can't, because it's uh, an original, so all I get is the remake. I don't want the remake, I want the information about the original. The Hobbit, from 1977. I have this on VHS, proudly. And I want to see who directed it. This was directed by Rankin and Bass. I always get Rankin and Bass mixed up with... Our good friend, uh, Wizards director. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna butcher his name, so I'm, I, I don't have it. Oh, right Ralph now. Bakshi. Okay. There's a reason I mentioned that. Okay. But anyway, The Hobbit from 1977. I quite enjoyed this. It holds up quite well to my memory. You got to remember that in the 70s, animation's very dodgy, and we've talked about this before on the show with Ralph Bakshi as a fine example. And I, I don't know, I just think it's interesting that this came out right at, like we were talking about before, the cusp of when cinema changed in the scope of our lifetime, because in 1977, Star Wars came out. All Everything that had to do with special effects and animation changed quite a bit. Um, so it, it's just interesting that this is one of those films that kind of, at least in my opinion, was slid under the radar because of the time when it came out. I never ever hear people talking about this these movies that much. But it was totally enjoyable. It's a cool adaptation of the story. It doesn't dick around with uh, some of the things. I mean, it's ugly the way that 70s animation can be Mm -hmm. with some of the character designs. And I really appreciate that. Like, it's more adult than you would expect. At least these these days when everything is so super duper kiddied down. You know what I mean? To look pretty and cute and beautiful. They didn't do that. The dwarves look ugly and they're nasty. And it... I just really enjoyed that aspect of it. And in my searchings through VHS, one of the Goodwills I went to had almost no VHS, but they had exactly one DVD that I was interested in, and that was from 1978, The Lord of the Rings. Mm. A Ralph Bakshi picture. So, uh, I picked that one up, and I sat down and I started watching it, and it's I know that the there was a movie that came, well, I was investigating it while I was looking at it, because I remember watching this at some point. I don't remember how or why, but I remember watching it at some point. And I thought it was interesting that it's called The Lord of the Rings, but it was not the full trilogy. And what this basically is, is, and well, and they made another movie in 19, I think it was 79, called Return of the King. I didn't know this existed until I'd done this research while watching this movie. So they made a Return of the King, and I think it was somebody else, it wasn't Rankin and Bass or uh, Bakshi that did Return of the King. I didn't know that existed until, like, this week. So I started looking into it. I, you can get it on eBay for a couple of bucks. I think my sister's buying it for my birthday. So I was like, you know what? I can wait a couple of months. Um, <laughs> but I was very curious how far this Lord of the Rings was going to go because if if they – basically what they did was what they originally planned to do with Peter Jackson's was just make 
the Lord of the Rings in two movies. And so I was like, well, how far is this going to go halfway through two towers? And it, it kept going and going and going and going. And this is Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers in one film. It ends where Two Towers, uh, the Peter Jackson movie ends after the Battle of, uh, not, is it Minas Tirith? No. I'm not sure. I can't remember the name of it. It's a, the, the big battle at the, whatever. You know, yeah, what I mean, I know Two what Towers mean. ends. Yeah. Yeah. So Return of the King, I guess, is just going to be Return of the King which I'm looking forward to watching, and I'm glad that I'm going to have the trilogy, or, well, it should be a quadrilogy, but it's a trilogy of The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, all three of these animated movies. I want them all. That's and so I'm, cool. I'm glad that I have them. And this Lord of the Rings, it's it's worth checking out. Now, it's a little long for me to really super recommend to you, but, because it, it's like 2.20, maybe? 2.15? Uh, but I really appreciate the way that... This is why I like Baxi, is this movie. And I, this is why every time I, his name pops up, I'm like, I should look at that. Because he mixes a lot of live action that they rotoscope in with hand-drawn animation. And I just am forever fascinated with the old-school hand-drawn animation. Yeah. And no disrespect to the CGI stuff, I think that's great too. But the old hand-drawn stuff, I just, I, I look at some of the stuff they do and I'm like, man, the hours, the man hours poured over every single frame. It, I just... It warms my heart. I have a deep appreciation for that. And uh, even when it can be rough around the edges, the way that Bakshi movies can be, because he makes them faster than anybody else, apparently, or it sure seems that way, I still think it's beautiful in all of its grittiness. So, uh, if I would ever come across that Lord of the Rings on VHS, I would snap it up, just so I could have them all on VHS. But as it is, I found it on on DVD and was like, nope, I'm buying you right now, because even that I don't come across very often. Yeah. Uh, so look for a Return of the King review of the animated version uh, coming in May sometime, probably. Cool. Uh, back to you. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I told you if I saw this or not, but uh, my wife and I actually carved an evening away that we could actually go out and watch a movie in the theater, uh, which rarely happens, it seems, anymore. So it was between Thor at the Dollar Theater or Black Panther on the first run. And I'm like, you know... Black Panther is getting so much love right now, and Thor's going to be actually, we can rent it. We're actually, think tomorrow night we're going to rent it off of uh, Voodoo. So I'm like, let's, we'll watch that at the, in the comfort of our home. Let's go watch Black Panther. So we went and saw Black Panther, and I'm happy to say it was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. It, um, it's not my favorite of the Marvel movies. Uh, and if this would have come out, uh, a while ago, I think it, it would be higher on my list because, I think that at this point I am truly getting just burned out of superhero movies. It's just, there's so many of them. So like, it just seems like every couple of months there's another one. And uh, it's like after a while, I'm like, I've seen this all before. This is huge budget. I get it. And now this, they tried to do some different things with this one. And I appreciate that. And I do like, I told my wife this after the movie, um, that this one here felt like it would not have had to be a Marvel movie at all. Like you take away the Marvel logo and Stan Lee's little funny cameo, like usual. And this could have been completely just a a superhero movie that does not tie in with any affiliation with with DC or Marvel or whatever. Like I didn't feel like they're trying to, okay, we're shoehorning this into the Marvel universe now. It stood on its own, and I like that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, but it is long. Um, you know, are you getting burnt out on? 
comic, uh, superhero movies or just Marvel movies? Because it's so formulaic. It, maybe that. I, it could be that. Because I, you can just tell where it's going. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, it, it's well directed. It's beautifully shot. Like, the, it's, the ships in it were cool. Um, the African theme is really, really cool. Uh, it, but uh, it's, it's a Marvel movie, and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I would have rather seen the, um, the ex machina director, uh, his movie. Oh, Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, no, that was, that's what I really wanted to see, but, um, you know, there's not just me watching the movie. Yeah, right. So, but it was, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'll watch it again down the road, but I probably echo Steve's review on this. Mm. Racist. I see. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm not sure, like, I know that there was a scene halfway through the end credits, which we watched, we saw that, and then I, in typical Marvel fashion, I'm guessing there's something at the very end, but I'm like, we're done, or I'm going home. Yeah, especially when you have to sit through 20 minutes of uh, ads and trailers beforehand. Yes. I'm like, no, we're we're all done here. They need to shorten that up, because, like, back in the day, we used to complain that we always wanted more. Give us more trailers. Give us ten trailers. We'll watch them all. But we didn't have the internet. Exactly. You know? Now we got the internet. We've all seen the trailers. M- just... Numerous times. Yeah. So just give us two or three and get on with it. Yeah. That's how it used to be. When I would go to the theater with my parents, it would be two or three trailers at, at the most. Yeah. And uh, now it's eight or nine. Seriously, eight or nine. I remember conversations we had where we're like, did you go see it here or here? Because if you go to T- Tinseltown, you'll get way more trailers. So we need to go there. Like, oh. we would purposefully go there for the extra trailers. And now it's a detriment. And it's not just because we got old and have kids. <laughs> I mean, that might play into it a bit, but it's still like I, every trailer that I see in the theater, I've already seen. Like mm-hmm. there is no surprises. If it's well, if there is one that's a surprise, it's because I just didn't click on it because I wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Which there was a couple on uh, in front of Black Panther, but uh, like none of them I wanted to see. If I hadn't seen it already, I did not want to see whatever it was on the screen. There was a couple I'm like, oh, that looks terrible. Like, oh, I go this? on what? <laughs> oh, I. Oh, I, there was uh, there was one about old people basketball players. Shaquille I, O'Neal's in it, I think. I'm out. Yeah, just not. It's just not for me. I no. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I mean, I thought there was a, there was an actiony one that I'm like this looks like your typical non-summer action thing that generic. I whatever. I, what about the uh, uh, Eli Roth? remake that's coming up here. Are you going to go watch that? Is that no, you? No. I mean, you're Eli Death Roth Wish? guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll watch that when it comes out on video, on demand or whatever, but that one did not get good reviews. It looks and, awful. Oh, and bad timing. Really bad timing on that one. Yes, sir. Vigilante, gun, murder, I'm like... Uh, Rape. Ra- yeah, so... And the trailers sell it as, like, action fun revenge. Yeah, and that's the not the original was not like that at no. all. I didn't think. Part three. Now we're getting into <laughs> camp, but no, that yeah. just I don't know. I, hey, make it remake if you want, but I've never been that interested in that as a remake, unless you make it like an old school, you know, like seventies type setting or whatever. But if you make it now, like it, I don't know. It just looks silly to me. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's Black Next. Panther. Um, okay. Oh, let's see here. Okay. <clears throat> so let's talk briefly about... Uh, I know that I've... 
it's we're now at the point in our podcast to where we've done this in enough years to where now we're re reviewing movies, but I think it's cool to sometimes come back on certain movies and talk about them again a little bit at least just to hit on them. Um, so I have to just chime in again on another viewing of The Exorcist. And it's odd how I can watch this movie. I, I like specifically pick this movie when I'm like, it's odd. This is me. But when I'm kind of down in the dumps or whatever, and I'm like, I need to watch a really good horror movie. I go to The Exorcist. I'm like, well, it's time for The Exorcist. Because <laughs> nothing says happy fun time like Linda Blair puking on a priest. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird how I, how my brain hole works. But uh, it's like, it's time. I had one of those days. I want, I want to be affected. I think that's what it comes down to is I want to be affected. Yeah. I want to have an emotional response to a movie. And I know, I know I'll have a remote, an emotional response to that movie. And I do every single time I watch that movie, it affects me. And I, very few movies are able to do that. And that's probably why I watch it. I, there for a while I was watching it like once a year and then I like oh, let's take a break now let's let's take a nice long two year break from the evil but now we're back <laughs> I like how you take a long two year break from the evil while watching a horror movie every single day in between <laughs> yes gearing up for the next exorcist viewing <laughs> it is I still think that the exorcist for me is probably the most effective movie not even horror movie but to me it's the most effective movie I've ever seen because very few movies affect me to where I am still uncomfortable days later uh, or still thinking about it or it's something about that movie just it just oozes evil like regardless of what you believe afterlife or whatever not to get too deep into that but it's like if you do believe in demons and whatever it's just something about that um uh, just like that feels real I'm not discounting so. your opinion I'm the odd man out on the exorcist we've discussed that before yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so hardcore and evil, like, it's like, oh, it's, I, I almost can't even watch it, and then many years went by and I watched it again, and I was like, eh, eh, alright. Yeah. It's, it's I, fine, I, I didn't hate it or anything, it's just, eh. It's, uh, I, I find the, the parts in the beginning with the statue and all that being the best, most effective parts of the movie. Ooh, ooh yeah, that stuff's great. And I wish part two had been better made. Let's just put it that way. Where where they go? In, isn't that isn't it part two where they go back to Africa and deal with that stuff? Oh yeah, I, I, part two was terrible. I it's terrible, that. but but the the parts in Africa where they're dealing with the statue that was and the origin. The best, yes, that was that's the stuff that I was really interested in. And yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, uh, but part three, they you know they they steer the ship back correctly with part three. I thought part three was really good, and I even like Rennie Harlan's uh, his take on. The Exorcist, I thought it was okay for a more of a silly demon possession type thing. I thought it was a lot better than a lot of the other modern day demon possession movies. Yeah. But anyway. I saw one of the two and I can't remember which one. And so I don't want to, I should check out the other version of that movie, but I can't remember which one I watched. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the one I watched the other one and I did not like the other one at all. Uh, it was boring and th at least the Rennie Harlan one was it was just your typical demon horror movie type thing the other one was it tried I think it tried to be the first one too much but it wasn't scary it, it, it didn't work so yeah uh, anyway that's The Exorcist I still love that movie and it's five out of five stars for me okay how about a double header of Harrison Ford VHS
Oh, here we go. And we really need to develop a term for... I passed it on the VHS shelf and never watched it, and now I watched it. Or that's why I watched it. On we VHS. Gotta, we gotta come up with a term for that. Doesn't have to be on VHS, just... A movie that you passed on the VHS shelf. Because we say that all the time. And it's a mouthful to spit out. Okay. Uh, and both of these movies fall into that category. And I think I've watched parts of both of them, but I don't think I've ever watched both of them all the way through. I picked them up on VHS in their original VHS covers, which is why I was attracted to it in the first place. Starting with Frantic. Have I've you watched never seen this? that movie. I, I have... thought you owned this movie. I used to on DVD. That was one of the first DVDs that I ever bought, and I, n- I never watched it. I have never seen that movie. Wait, you bought it, you never watched it, and you traded it in? Sure did. Go on. The end. That the end of the story. <laughs> How- Beginning, middle, and end right there. I, I it, was, it was one of my like, ooh, cool. I think it was actually a, a discounted, cheaper DVD, and I'm like, oh, I want that in my collection because it's a DVD that I can have. And then I traded it in. All right. Fair enough. My brain I guess. works in yeah. It's, it's <laughs> uh, this is a 1988 American French mystery thriller film directed by Roman Polanski, and with a score by Ennio Morricone. And I do give this movie a thumbs up, but it is one of those watches that's a little bit tougher because, as the title sells it, frantic, and that this is what this man is. He is frantic. So this movie does give you anxiety, kind of. Because it's like, he's trying to deal with the cop, his wife gets kidnapped, like, right out of the hotel room. And he doesn't even, she's just gone. He's taking a shower, comes out, nobody's around. Takes a nap, wakes up, he's like, wait, what's happening here? Uh, It starts, goes to the cops for missing persons, they're assholes jerking him around left and right, not doing anything. Goes to the consulate, they're assholes jerking him around, not doing anything. You know what I mean? So he starts getting more and more panicky. And that kind of tension just holds for, in typical Roman Plansky fashion, too damn long. So by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're just like, somebody just kill somebody and end this shit already so I can be, I can have some, I can let go of this emotion, you know? Like a anxiety attack. So I, it's hard for me to fault the film on that because the film is doing what it set out to do. It is accomplishing the emotion in the viewer that it wants to give the viewer. Unfortunately, it's an uncomfortable emotion. <laughs> so I give the movie a... Th- I definitely give the movie a thumbs up, but it's like, damn, it's it's a frustrating watch because he has to deal with so many people that make so many bad decisions around him while he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, and next up, this is one that I think I've watched before too, but well, maybe I, I think I watched parts of. Presumed Innocent. Have you ever seen this one? I have not. You should check it out. This is a lawyer movie to the nth degree, and it's a good lawyer movie. But what makes it different than most lawyer movies is that... There we go. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say what makes it different than most lawyer movies, because a lot of lawyer movies, they like the lawyer is the main one of the main characters. But what's interesting about this one is that he is one of the main characters, also a lawyer, but he's the one that's accused of the crime. So he has to get another lawyer to come in and to defend him, and it's just like, instead of the lawyer going out and doing the investigation of whether this man is innocent, some citizen, it is a lawyer and a, the accused lawyer doing the investigation about a lawyer. So, 
the the accused has an intimate knowledge of the law and um, all legal matters, which which adds a layer to what is going on. Okay, I'm trying to be. It's hard to explain what it is, but if you watch the movie, you can just. It has a different feel for a lawyer movie. It's more intense. Uh, it's got a great cast. Let's see who's in this thing. Uh, Brian Dennehy, Raul Julia, is acting his ass off in this movie. In a movie where he's surrounded by people that are pretty damn good actors, Paul Winfield, he is just acting circles around them. And he does it in a calm fashion, which is very interesting. This movie is worth watching just for Raul Julia, because he's just chill. He's like so chill that, you know, all these great actors around him, and his delivery is just kind of, well, this is what it is. And by the time he gets done with his spiel, you're like, damn, this is like the motherfucker. This is Lando of lawyers. That's <laughs> what it is. He, it was great. Like I was just, I was sitting there like this, just, holy shit. I could just watch this guy talk for, uh, read me children's books, read me anything. This is fascinating. I loved it. Um, the movie itself is, it's, it's okay. It's decent. It's good. By the time all is said and done, it's like there's not a ton of resolution at first, but then there's a tag at the very end where they let you know what happened. And you're like, oh, now you just got to leave me hanging with that dark shit? Now I just got to kind of deal with that? Well, now I don't know how I feel about the rest of the movie. You know, and I'm not going to say he did it, he didn't do it. I'm not, it's not, you can see it coming. There's no way to see it coming because they don't. There's there's no clues to what the story. I mean, there's no clues to the truth. Yeah, okay. Within the movie, and you gotta wait for the movie to tell you what it is. And when you do find out, you're like, oh fuck, that's fucked up in a big way. And it actually really reminded me of, um, oh, I, maybe I shouldn't say the title of it, but I, one of, the, of my Batman graphic novels that I have, one of the ones that is very highly praised. I don't want to say what it is because it'll give away. Somebody could make the leap if they've read that book. Oh, gotcha. To to who the killer is. Yeah. Uh, So, but I was like, oh, that's like that. Shit. That's cool. I wonder if that was an inspiration. I have to look up what year that graphic novel came out. (laughs) At any rate, uh, I give them, I I give both of them a thumbs up. I think Presumed Innocent, I would be more apt to watch again sooner than Frantic, just because of runtime. Shit, I don't even know how long Frantic was, but it sure felt like three hours. I mean, it felt like uh, Roman Polanski long. Uh... But, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a thumbs up, but, you know, I don't know when I'm going to pop that one in again. Uh, cool. back to you. Okay. Um, so let's talk about Rashomon, uh, a bit, because I figured that that might be a good, uh, segue into maybe some Akira Kurosawa movies. Uh, so I watched the Criterion Blu-ray of this for the first time, and I believe that this is the first Akira Kurosawa movie that I've actually seen. And, um, to my knowledge, it is. Yeah. I, I, I know that I've watched other movies that are based on his works, uh, Yojimbo, mainly Yojimbo. But, uh, while the movie itself wasn't for me, I appreciated what I was watching enough that I uh, actually went out and I ordered the Samurai collection from, uh, BFI, which is uh, British Film Institute. It's a, a UK company and it's their, their Blu-rays are a lot less expensive than the Criterions of, uh, Seven Samurai, uh, Throne of, uh, wait, um, Throne of Blood. 
Throne of Blood, Yojimbo, the sequel to Yojimbo, and um, Hidden Fortress. Hidden, Hidden Fortress, yeah. So five movies for $60 shipped, which is really, really good, especially considering these Criterions, uh, some of them are pushing $30 a piece. So uh, I appreciated what Akira Kurosawa was doing in this. It was a bit, I don't know, it was a bit vague to me. And not really my style, but I liked it enough to where I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to watching some of his more, I think maybe more accessible movies. Cause I'm thinking that this one here just wasn't quite, you know, my style, but I do appreciate the, especially the filmmaking was beautiful in this thing. It's full frame. So it's, you know, you got the four by three aspect ratio, but I'm like, this is really beautiful. A beautiful black and white, which some of that is, I'm sure, attributed to the stellar transfer from Criterion. But, you know, obviously it does still come back to the filmmaker and the, all of that good stuff. So I, I want to, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Rashomon and basically what I should be in store for with uh, the other movies that I'm going to be getting here, hopefully later this week, because I want to, I'm ready. I want to start getting on these things. And I think that, uh, I think that, Seven Samurai will probably be the first one, unless you steer me a different direction with these five that I'm going to be getting. Um, well, we were texting about this a little bit this week, and I got to say, between the texting and now hearing you actually speak about, did I hear you say that you appreciated the uh, look of Rashomon enough that that's what pushed you to buy that box set? Yeah. I'm kind of shocked. I, I Wow. Um, in, a, in the best possible way. I, I, wow, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now the movie itself, again, Look, you're, I, you're, you're, no, no, wait, wait, just, I, I know what you're saying, but I just, here's the thing. I, I know we're not classic cinema guys in general. Yeah. Uh, you less than me, even, I would say, by a smidge. Oh, yes, um, definitely. But, so I'm very cagey when it comes to recommending you things like this. Uh, or TV, and you're not a TV guy, so I'm, I'm very specific when I recommend you TV things. Yeah. Now, that being said, I would not have recommended you to watch Rashomon, because I would look, I watched that movie, I appreciated it, I own it on Criterion DVD, it, it's, um, a staple of the pantheon of cinema. Is it my favorite Kurosawa? Not at all. But I appreciate the movie for what it is. And it's not one that I'm going to be pulling out and rewatching often, but I certainly wouldn't have recommended it to you. So when you told me that you watched it, I was like, "Oh fuck, he's not." I'm, now I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be able to get him to watch any Kurosawa now, like any of the good <laughs> ones or the ones that I think are great. Uh, not to disparage Rashomon and that or anything, just that there are like five others that I would say are better than that, or at least, well, that I would say are better than that, and ones that are definitely more Eugene friendly for classic cinema. Sure. Uh. Uh, Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood, definitely all better, in my opinion. But there, it's see, from what I've seen, there are two kinds of Kurosawa. There's drama Kurosawa, and there is samurai Kurosawa. The, just the stupid ways that I differentiate things. And the drama Kurosawa, I'm not as much into, even though it seems like the critical community is way more into stuff like Redbeard and Ikura, or Ikura, or how yes. you pronounce it. Yep. They love those movies, and those are extremely slow dramas. I haven't been able to get through either of them, even though I own both of them. 
on Criterion DVD, I, I keep falling asleep. I'm sorry, man. It's, it's slow classic cinema. They're shot beautifully and they're wonderful, but I, I just haven't, they haven't maintained my interest. Like, you throw in some fucking samurai, I am in, man. Yep. And Seven Samurai, I have a long history with that movie. I found it one night in the middle of the night on Sundance Film Channel or something like that. And I, when I couldn't sleep, and I was like, oh, this black and white samurai thing, this will put me to sleep. And then I stayed up for three hours watching the whole damn thing because I was so gripped by it. But I'm more the kung fu guy than you are. While I think you will appreciate that movie quite a bit, I think you should start with Hidden Fortress. because really? Okay. That was the one that was the inspiration for George Lucas and Star Wars. And you will see a lot of those things in there with the two bumbling idiots that are like the droids, uh, a missing princess, a roguish warrior samurai guy that has to come in and rescue the day all the time. It's, it's funny. It moves faster than Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is a pretty long movie. I think that one's two, over two and a half. Or, oh, it's I mean, three, it's over three hours. It's a long, long ass movie. It's worth it, but once you know the story, it gets better and better. So the first watch can be a little bit slow. Okay. Uh, but they're never not beautiful to look at, especially Seven Samurai. That thing is, every frame is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, Hidden Fortress, while it has, it, it just has more of a range. It's got more of the humor in there, but it also has a, a lot of drama and some great samurai shit towards the end. And kind of a, just a great adventure tale the way that the, uh, A New Hope is. Throne of Blood is is definitely more uh, thriller, I would say, than than either samurai or drama, but it's about these guys trying to... Oh boy, it's been so long since I watched it. It's about uh, trying to get control of a throne, but it's a very... It was I really I remember really enjoying it, even though okay. even though I didn't like it as much as the other two. Yojimbo and Sanjuro, I think is how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Sanjuro. I've seen bits of both of those, but I haven't seen them all because I'm waiting to buy them, and as usual, the only way you can buy these damn films is on Criterion, and they're always expensive. Even when they mm-hmm. have their sales, it's like, oh, you can buy the two-pack of these movies for 50 bucks, and it's like, son of a bitch. So I haven't bought either of them, so I haven't got around to watching the full effect of those. But but from the clips that I've seen, it would look pretty damn awesome samurai shit. Cool. Uh, I, I definitely think that Hidden Fortress... I would go Hidden Fortress, then Seven Samurai. Or if okay. you, if you if you think that you're not gonna do this in a couple of weeks, then just go Seven Samurai. Just ride the fucking Magnum. Just go for <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see myself like watching one of these and then watch and then maybe taking a little break. Because again, I'm not a big black and white classic cinema fan. Right. So I'll you know me, I I barrel through stuff. But I can tell these are probably going to be ones that I'll be more deliberate with. So I don't know. We'll see. So, you know what? Taking that into account, watch Seven Samurai first. Just take the big one out of the... Just get her done. But here's what your mindset needs to be going into this thing is, like, you need to commit to the emotion of the villagers in this movie. I I found this... I've watched this movie a dozen times. And this is what I've I've come around to. Maybe. I've watched it enough to know everything about it. I found that in repeat viewings, when I really let myself get emotionally attached to the villagers and their plight and what they are giving up to to hire these samurai to protect them, then I found every frame gave it meaning. It's life or death. They're literally giving them 
they are trying to pay them in the rice that they are growing to survive. And in the meantime, they are living off of the leftovers of the crap that falls off the plant. Like shit you can't even live on. You know what I mean? So they're literally yeah. starving themselves to pay the samurai. And the samurai scoff at the payment at first. But then when they realize how destitute they are, they realize they have to, to do this. And I'm not giving anything away. This is the first act. But when you see these villagers on their hands and knees picking up rice kernels because they spilled some, because every single little rice pellet is, is going to keep their children alive, it really affected me. And so if when you're, you get into those scenes, don't worry, there's enough action in this movie to pay it all off. But mm-hmm. when they get into those scenes, really let yourself feel it. And I think that you'll be, you will appreciate the film as a whole because the first couple of watches, those were the parts where I'm like, come on, let's go do something, kill somebody. Sure. But, oh, about the third time when I was like, oh, I see what they're doing. Oh, shit. That is heavy. I mean, you're talking real destitute. Um, hmm. yeah, that movie became very, very powerful for me. And, and again, this is, I'm surprised to even be saying this, that Rashomon, even though it was, eh, it just, it didn't work for me. It, there was something about that movie that I'm like, okay, now I do want to watch his other movies, or at least ones that I know that you've recommended. I'm like, I, there's enough in what I saw here to definitely warrant pushing me to finally watching these. And th- these are checklist movies. I, yeah, I feel like I'm missing out on something. And even, I, I know that Seven Samurai, because it's so long and it's black and white, I'm just like, oh, eh. But now I'm, now I'm in. Now, I mean, expect, if, unless it doesn't show up this week, expect next week's, I mean, I'll have a review of Seven Samurai. And it's fine if you have to break it up into two viewings. You can do that with yeah. Seven Samurai and it doesn't harsh it too much. You know what I mean? Like, you get, not get too detached from your emotional state when you watch it. Gotcha. So, um, I will say this though, of the five or six Kurosawa films that I have, I would probably say that Rashomon is the most roughly shot. So bear, okay. bear, wow. think about that for a second. Because yeah. Wow. Did you watch that video I posted? You didn't watch that video. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. did. You? Yeah. The, yes. Dude, it's, it's a beautiful canvas of paint and art that he, a visual and audio just, just, it's just gorgeous. I can I, the only thing I can compare it to is, is a Scorsese film, you know, where sometimes you're watching one of his and you're just like, every damn thing in this frame is meant to be there. On purpose. And you can tell that. Like, you just want to look at every corner of it. That's the way Seven Samurai is. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I generally... I generally... <sighs> and right. now it's time for me to quick say goodnight to my boys. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Ah, nothing says walking into your office and it smells like cheap wine and farts. <laughs> Good God, it reeks... It reeks in here. Movie freaks. <laughs> Yesterday, I leaned back in my chair and kind of did a stretchy thing like this, and I heard, bang! Yep, this hard plastic arm broke. Just just <laughs> broke. Like, awesome. <laughs> oh, but I'm like... And my wife is like, why don't you come to the gym with me? And I'm like, it's not because I'm fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I was stretching. And I broke oh. it with my muscles. Oh, saying goodnight to the boys and they're crying because the dad's not telling them a story. I'm like, it's past your bedtime. So I come out of the room and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I walk in and it just just hits me like someone punched me in the face. I'm like, God, what did I eat? (laughs) 
festering in my own feces over here. We have here. to stop or I'm going to leave this all in like I did with the... Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Um, no, so wrapping up, I'm really looking forward to watching all of these, and I probably will start with Seven Samurai first. Uh, but um, I, as I said, I'm going to probably space them out, like uh, maybe one a week. We'll see. If, if I am in love with these, then I'm going to probably go through them quicker. But especially with the runtime of Seven Samurai... I'm going to be more deliberate with these. And I'll tell you what, in in the spirit of doing the same thing, you let me know what you're going to watch, and I'm going to rewatch it. Because it's been too damn long oh. since I've watched Seven Samurai and most of those movies. And with uh, Sanjiro, Yojimbo, I'll borrow those from you if I have to. But Okay. I start with Seven Samurai, then go Hidden Fortress, then go Throne of Blood. I have all three of those, so I can watch them right along with you and, and have a... A new current review to share on the show. Cool. Yeah, I, it's just so odd how, like, when the movie was done, when Rashomon was done, I'm like, ah, okay. But I've still, I've been thinking about it since I watched it, and that's a good thing. Uh, not that I was in love with the movie, I was not. But there was enough there where I'm like, now I am intrigued with his other work. For me, it was it was all about the way that that story was told, with the different perspectives on a singular event. And again, mm-hmm. you can see the influence for Star Wars with Obi-Wan Kenobi. What I said was true from a certain point of view. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and okay. even more specifically with The Last Jedi, where we get the three different versions of the Kylo-Luke um, mm. encounter in the movie. Like, we see what each person, how they viewed it. Yeah. Again, I was like, genius! Because they've always said that the Hidden Fortress was... Lucas was obsessed with Kurosawa. They've always said that. So for Ryan Johnson to uh, keep that going by throwing a Rashomon thing in there, which is, I mean, that's a bulk of the plot there uh, for Last it Jedi. Is. I was like, brilliant, genius. I love it. Uh, but I, I, I tend to echo your thoughts on Rashomon. I'm not, not the hugest fan. I recognize it for what it is and, and give it a thumbs up for that. But otherwise, I'm like, eh, I'd rather watch the more samurai shit. Yep. I'm guessing I'm going to come away with that same mindset once I watch the other ones. I hope so, because yeah. honestly, it's almost like a Japanese saving Private Ryan. Like, it's that good. Ooh, that's... Those are pretty powerful words there. It is, but are you sitting down and watching Private Ryan every week? I'm not. Hell yeah, no. That's once, yeah, once every five years, maybe. But it's something you can sit down and watch and be like, holy shit, was that good. That was amazing. Anyway. Uh, you want to do another one? Last round. Okay, I'll do one more, then I'm done. Um, let's talk about mustacheless uh, Chuck Norris from An Eye for an Eye, shall we? Because it's something. It's This is not going to take long. Have you ever seen An Eye for an Eye? No. Have you ever heard of An Eye for an Eye starring... No, I don't know if I have. Chuck Norris, Christopher Lee as the bad guy, villain. Richard Roundtree is in it as the uh, the cop who always thinks he's doing the wrong thing. You gotta, you know, reel it in there, Chuck, or in this case, Sean Kane. <laughs> Sean Kane. That is the, the Chuck Norrisy of character names ever. It is. It is. It's Sean Kane starring as Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't have a mustache, and that's like kind of the only thing I can take away from this movie is, dude, grow your mustache already. Come on, I want to see those. Grow it out, please. And the other thing I took away from it is he changes jackets frequently in it, and they're all pretty 
shitty looking, but in a very cool early 80s sort of way, like the kind of the silky looking red jacket. And now he's got the brown jacket and got the bell bottoms, maybe kind of, and he kicks people and something, something about drugs and uh, yeah, like you got the clothes style, but you need the cum catcher. Yeah, you, exactly. And he doesn't have that. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, okay, you, you got your shirt off again. You're hairy. I, that's, that's great. But more mustache from you, Chuck. Like, I love Chuck, <laughs> but you're hairy in all the wrong places. Exactly. <laughs> there might be a title for you. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I like literally have no idea what, the, <laughs> I have no idea what the storyline really is anymore. But, but here's what's funny about watching this movie. So, my wife and I are like the Olympics are done, and she was like, "I really want to, I really want to watch a movie with you." And I said, "Well, that's fine. I'm really in the mood for a Chuck Norris movie." And she's like, "Oh God, okay." <laughs> Sounds like my wife. Oh, uh, so I'm like, "Well, I'll pick out, I'll pick out something that's harmless, but which would be pretty much every single Chuck Norris movie ever." <laughs> so an eye for an eye, and uh, and I'm like. So you start the movie, and I said, I, I, and I watched it before, and I think that she watched it with me before, uh, but she didn't remember anything of it, because I'm like, I think that you watched this one, and I think that you thought it was okay. Eh, right? <laughs> so she's like, sure, okay. So we start to watch it, and I'm like... This is just a recipe for disaster. Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, I joke with her, I'm like, just watch, I'm going to fall asleep halfway through this, and uh, you're going to have to watch the whole thing by yourself. <laughs> and, Go on. And, and and sure enough, I mean, drink in lap, passed out, fast asleep, pissed off wife sitting beside me watching Chuck Norris, eye for an eye. <laughs> and she actually, to wake me up, she took the monitor um, and put it right beside my ear because I was slumped over so hard, so far that my head was on the chair beside her. So she put the child monitor right Right against my ear, so whenever a child would move or whatever, it would crackle loud in my ear. And that's how I woke up. <laughs> and there she sat, angry, looking at me, watching an eye for an eye by by herself. <laughs> Sean King. <laughs> And I just picture, you know, her sitting there all pissed off. And then, oh, very and, much and, so. And then Eugene wakes up and he's like, oh, where's the mustache? And she's just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and I, and I, well, my, well, I looked up and like the, the baby monitor is like literally right in my face as I open my eyes. I'm like, what is, and I'm at that point, I'm out of it. I'm like, what, where, am, what's going on? What is happening right now? And there's stoic, just stoic blank face. Like, yep. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. My wife just goes to bed. As soon as I fall asleep, she puts on her show. And then if I wake up, she's just like, whatever. And then she goes to bed and I wake up and I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Well, see, there was a lot of commitment to go all the way to the basement and, you know, bringing the stuff downstairs, the baby. So it was like, it's a commitment to, you're now locked into this, this cove and now you're stuck with, with Mr. Norris. (laughs) And his bald face. Oh, very, very shaved. Ugh. Oh, I'm crying. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I got a message. Hold on. What is this? Oh. <laughs> oh, I texted TJ while you were gone. I said, the show is weird. It's all Oscars and Akira Kurosawa and we're all classy and shit. TJ <laughs> <laughs> oh, texted back, who are you and what have you done with Eric and Eugene? <laughs> Fuck you, TJ. We're classy yeah. and shit. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and now when he listens to us, we're gonna be talking he about, won't listen to this yeah, part. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that and then, yeah. Oh. oh, just <laughs> I truly do not know how to recover after I, that. I don't so either. I mean, I, I suppose I should review another movie, but um, no, we'll, we'll just wait. <laughs> uh. oh, wow, I'm snotty tears, and all I can think about is just a very, very, very clean, <laughs> clean, no mustache, very sexy, clean uh, lip. Chuck Norris. <laughs> very, wearing apparently very velvety clothes. <laughs> Just a very velvety red jacket and nothing else. <sighs> and so, I'm Eugene uh, yeah. <laughs> And they just envision all of this with my wife sitting there. Just, just, just angry. Stone faced. Like, <laughs> I could be watching a Harry Potter movie or some shit or anything. anything. Yeah. yeah, HGTV is on upstairs with house decorate house wife stuff and I'm watching I, I mean seriously when you said she grabbed the baby monitor I was just waiting for it and shoved it up my ass <laughs> which with the look on the face I'm like oh there's evil thoughts <laughs> and what's funny is I called it and I was joking when I called it <laughs> and you knew don't lie you knew oh and it's like my neck was over so far. I'm like, it hurt. Like, when I woke up, I'm like, I am at an angle that no human should, like, comfortably be in, but I'm cozy. <laughs> Honey, my neck hurts from the way I'm laying. She's just like, fucking stabs you in the throat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And here's the baby monitor down and your you're throat. Like, I, and she's like, I'm sitting here watching Chuck Norris, and you're complaining yes. about your neck. <laughs> I love this. Oh, oh. oh, my God. Okay. The yeah. show's over. Good night. Goodbye. Oh, it's I'm I'm done. We're done. Yes. Bye. See ya. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Freaks. If you would like to get a hold of us, or drop us a line, or tell us you liked a review, or hated a review, or you disagree, or agree, or anything at all. You can get a hold of us at facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. You can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at moviefreakspod. Thanks for listening.